Your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. And hello everyone and welcome to episode 15 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host Kyle and I'm joined as always by my co-host JR. How are you doing today buddy? I am doing great. How are you doing today Kyle? As we're recording on December 18th, we are exactly one week away from Christmas. Well, yep, yes we are. It's uh, I don't know, it's, uh, this year I'm not really as excited for Christmas as I usually am. But at the same time, I'm still a little bit of excited. I don't know. It's just a weird year, as always. Joining us today, though, uh, we have a special guest. It's not just me and JR. We're bringing in our friend Jess from the Scream Queens. Jess, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. How are you guys? I- I'm doing great. I'm excited about this recording. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I mean, I have an entire arm dedicated to it. We're talking about Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I know all of us are fans of the, of the movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love Tim Burton. I have a Beetlejuice half sleeve, so <laughs> nice. I love Tim Burton. I was so excited when you like showed me what you guys are doing. I was like, nightmare. I want to do nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, with this film, with Tim Burton, I grew up enjoying Batman. You know, he did Batman and Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. And then I Michael with Keaton. <laughs> yeah. And so with this this film, the uh, you know the other stuff he did like Dark Shadows, uh, Beetlejuice, I I kind of grew to love him at a at my teenage years compared to my you know my younger years. Another one is like Corpse Bride, and it, I think it's because of the tone it sets. It's a little bit darker than most people are into. It's another another gentleman I think of is like Guillermo del Toro. So I think it's more appreciated for me at an older age, and that's when I, I fell, you know, fell in love with Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas, especially. Some for me, it's all about Oogie Boogie. I love Oogie Boogie. I, uh, his song he does to me just it literally just tickled me to death. Yeah, Oogie Boogie's a a, a favorite of mine as well. But uh, you know, I'm gonna be cliche here. My my favorite is Jack, Jack, of course. How about you, Jess? Well, well, I have to be cliche and say Sally. Oh, okay. Well, well. Oh, no, I love her. Oh, my God. She's so not like me, and I think that's why I love her so much. Yeah. Like, well, she's not very bold. Like, I feel like I'm very bold and kind of in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's more, you know, off to the side and everything. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, it's not so that we at least uh, all picked, picked a different person, though. What's funny about this uh, is, you know, we're, we're all big Tim Burton fans, and you know, everybody always talks about this is, you know, probably one of Tim Burton's like best, one of his like biggest movies, one he's probably the, one of the most well known for. This actually wasn't directed by Tim Burton; <laughs> it was directed by Henry uh, by Henry uh, Henry Selick, 
it was produced by Tim Burton, but you know Tim Burton kind of takes all the credit in as you know he's pretty much the one who created it, but it, but it wasn't directed by by Burton, which I find hilarious because anything you think about Nightmare Before Christmas, it's Tim Burton. You never hear Henry Selick mentioned. Did you uh do you know why they like they changed the name originally? It was just called like Walt Disney's The Nightmare Before Christmas, but then they took Disney off because it was too dark. When yeah. they did screenings for kids. And I was telling you guys before we started recording that, like, uh, Christmas movies that made us, they go over that whole thing and they actually interview uh, the director. And he's kind of, like, still sad that he doesn't get the credit for the movie. Yeah. But they explain it. It's like it had no momentum in the box office when it first came out. And then, like, this cult following started. And, like, all the people our age became obsessed with it. And then they actually changed the name to Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because he became so popular. And they yeah. had to dub it with him because it wasn't going to sell under the Disney brand, is what they said. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel bad for for Henry. It's like this, you know, this this whole movie is is massive and has this massive following, and Tim Burton is the one whose name you hear, and you never really hear Henry get mentioned. Yeah, I was looking into it. I think one of the there, it's technically. It's, not, it's technically not inaccurate because the story is by Tim Burton, but you, but also yeah. you typically don't. I mean, there's times where I see, for example, like we everything John Carpenter directs has his name of, his name yeah. in front of it. So it's typically we've always known directors, not really with people who write a story or or script writers. Um, and it's funny that you bring that up just about the how dark it was because another movie around this time of 1993. I was just looking this up the other day that was um, also dark with a a actor who was kid friendly was Macaulay Culkin after Home Alone. And I think I'm not sure if it was after the second Home Alone. He did The Good Son. Oh, and it was a movie. And, and, and there was a movie that I mean, obviously, it's it's a psychological thriller and he plays, you know, a, an evil child, basically, you know getting in touch with his inner Damien, you know, shout out to the omen. Yeah. And it was, it did not do good because it was so dark and parents now want to take their kids to see this film because it wasn't a kid friendly family film. So I could see how Disney did want to attach their name because Disney's known for, you know, hey, we do Cinderella and Little Mermaid and you know Snow White and I can't think of anything else that came out before Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Pinocchio and stuff. It's like why would you know I could see how they're trying to, you know, stay away from it because they didn't want to hurt their brand. Yeah, I think they originally released it under Touchstone. It was distributed by, I want to say. It wasn't yeah. even under the Disney, like, eight, whatever agency brand or whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> it was, uh, the production company The production company was Touchstone, and it was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. Oh, yeah. there we go. It happens a lot, though. Like, the, the people will have a bigger part in something, and they won't get the credit that they – that the, the others uh, get just because of others being more famous. It's like, uh, I don't know if y'all know the story or not, but you know that uh, Bob Kane gets all kinds of credit for creating Batman, and it actually wasn't Bob Kane. It was uh, Bill Finger was the one who created, the, who drew the characters and everything. But yeah, uh, 
Before we get into this review, though, I don't really have much news. I don't know if if any of y'all have any news you want to talk about. Uh, feel free to. The only thing I, I saw this week that was really big was the trailer for the upcoming Wrong Turn movie. I'm pretty sure it's a reboot. I could be wrong, and it could just be it could be like a sequel. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it's a reboot. The trailer for it finally got released this week. And uh, I watched it the other day, and I thought it looked really good. Uh, it's definitely gonna be one that I'm gonna uh, that I'm definitely gonna make sure I check out. I don't know if any, any of y'all are fans of the Wrong Turn series. I don't think I've ever seen anything from that series, but again, I've seen nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I've seen nothing. If you if you listen to the Scream Queens, it's a joke. <laughs> like <laughs> I've seen the things I'm passionate about, and then I watch movies for the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get my like initial review. <laughs> But, but maybe we'll cover it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good. Uh, it's a fun slasher. It, oh, it's it's kind of weird though. It, it's like uh, basically it's like uh, these this family this this inbred family lives in West Virginia, in the mountains, and these uh, people, uh, it's usually tourists, go up there and take a trip, and then they end up running across the family who's trying to kill them throughout the whole movie. Oh. Yeah, okay, it, now I'm interested. Yeah, it's it's pretty gory, and uh, I, I don't know. I say like the first two are really are pretty fun. Uh, but then it, it's a series that kind of like put, uh, made a bunch of uh, direct to DVD sequels mm. and just kept spitting them out. And I mean, I, I I've watched them all because I I I I'm a fan of uh of like of of, of, of sort of crappy B B horror films. Oh, same. So, yeah. <laughs> And so I'll sit and watch those, and I'm excited about this because uh, it, it, it's weird though. It's like cause I can't tell if it's a, a reboot, a full reboot, or like a a, a, a sequel successor because it kind of mentions the original in the trailer, but not really. It, it's just it, it, it's weird though. How, how about you, Jr.? Well, I did watch the original not when it came out a few years ago, and it start because it starred two actresses that I had a teenage crush on. Elijah Dushku and uh, Emmanuel, I can never say name right, so I say kind of quickly. Emmanuel Shakuri, she was, uh, she's most famous for Entourage and 100 Girls, I believe, that she was character in. And so I did see the original, the first one. It's just surprising because I just quickly did a box office glance because I know all about the, they did four sequels, but the original box office, they did, 28 million on a 12 million dollar budget so it's like man why are you spinning all these sequels for something that's didn't do so well but um yeah you know like i said if you have anything that has a following and they can make a either make a decent profit on they always will make it when it comes to horror but uh say we uh get into it like i said before we're talking about tim burton's the nightmare before christmas uh i'm sure you, you just a little fun trivia before we get into the review of it uh so like originally that it originated as a, a poem that tim that tim burton wrote in, in 1982 while he was working as a uh an animator at walt disney before this uh i want to say i want to say he did it for it was a college class uh he wrote a little short called vincent that was basically about vincent price who is a massive uh, influence on tim burton and it was uh, after he wrote this, after he got success from writing Vincent, he began developing The Night Before Christmas. And 
it actually originally was supposed to be just a short, like a 30 minute television special, but then that ended up not happening. So it ended up, so he ended up having to take a couple of years and then he ended up becoming what it, what it is now, which I think, uh, I think it's much better that it happened this way. Cause I just couldn't see this being a TV special. I don't think it could have been either. I think there's too many songs. Like, I mean, obviously the songs came in development, but yeah. I think cramming all of that into one 30 minute special, I feel like it wouldn't focus on any of the back characters. It would just be Jack kind of in Christmas town going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I feel like 30 minutes into the movie, he's like just coming back to Halloween town or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 100%. That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, if y'all ever saw Vincent. I think you can find it on YouTube. Uh, if you really look, it it's, it's just a really short, a couple minute horror film, uh, well not horror film, but a little piece on Vincent Price. Uh, it it it's pretty good, and it's it's something that Tim Burton did while he was in college. Now I need to go to YouTube after this. So right yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> like we said before, uh, th- th- so this film was when it first came out, it was both met with like critical and financial success. It, it grossed uh, ninety one point five million since its initial release. And it, it, like we said before, it had like a, a big has a big cult following. It, it was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, which was a, a first for an animated film. It took a group of around a hundred people three years to complete the movie. It, uh, for because basically, like for one second of this film, there's uh, up to twelve stop motion moves that has to be made. Yeah, they talk about it in that Christmas special again, like. The the producers or whoever, they were only given a certain budget, and I think they were only given, like, one or two years to make the movie. Yeah. And they came back, and they were like, absolutely not. It's stop motion. I don't think you understand what this takes. <laughs> and they, like, break it down. And it was it, – they showed you – I think they show you how it took to, like, animate Jack just for, like, five seconds of, uh, like, his lament. Yeah. And it's insane. Stop motion is such an art form that I uh, – that's why it's one of my favorite movies, I think. It's just, it's so different yeah. from anything else that we really have from Disney or, like, for Christmas, really. I mean, we have the original stop motions, but for yeah. spooky people like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, uh, it, 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 it's weird. It's like, uh, it's like ever since, like, I saw this movie, it's like the aesthetics of this movie, like, pretty much, like, shaped everything like, I'm into. And I, I don't understand yes. why, but but like it it really did, which is why like I chose chose it to for, for my my sleeve for my theme for my sleeve because I just I, I love everything about it and I feel like it represents everything I, I love. I totally understand that. That's why I did the Beetlejuice half sleeve because that movie yeah. and Lydia shaped my life and then Nightmare and everything because I saw Beetlejuice first, um, and I just kind of fell down this Tim Burton hole. And here I am now at 26 years old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I get that. <laughs> yep. Uh, here's one that uh, I, I didn't actually know. I, I'm going to have to go back and really pay attention. So do you know Z- Zero's nose is actually a tiny glowing jack-o'-lantern? I know this, but the only reason I know it is because uh, on a quick note, some years ago we had a department holiday party at our school so and we had to come up with like a movie theme so everybody was like oh we're gonna do home alone or christmas story so my boss was like we're gonna do nightmare before christmas 
and he made you know he made essentially like a giant present that had orange wrapping and he put like dead leaves and dead pine cones i mean he built this like everybody had like a, basically a charlie bound christmas tree with shit put on it my boss made everything from scratch but one of the only thing that he bought was a zero plush and and on zero's plush had an orange nose that was a jack-o'-lantern i think he had got it from disney some uh like disneyland a few years ago but yeah it's a glowing jack-o'-lantern and actually we're seeing the movie um today as i was going over it when zero lights jack slay that's what you see is an orange glow instead of a red glow oh oh my god that makes that makes sense now I have no wow. idea. <laughs> I feel like such a fake fan. <laughs> what the heck? I know. Uh, I just looked up pictures on my phone. Like, it's actually a jack-o'-lantern. So, like, uh, unfortunately, they didn't get to do this. And I'm, I'm sure Tim Burton would have been ecstatic for this. But according to the director, uh, Henry Selick, uh, Vincent Price was originally supposed to be cast as Santa Claus. But uh, his his wife died and to, his health began to fail. And so his voice performance was very frail and weak. And so the, the, they had to recast it. Can you imagine what it would have been like if they would have got Vincent Price as Santa, Santa Claus on this? I feel like the movie would be even more iconic than it already right? is. I don't think <laughs> we can handle that. I really don't think we could. I really don't. <laughs> We'd oh, all just explode. Wow. <laughs> We'd just be shaking. <laughs> When I think this movie can't get any better, it almost was. Impossible. <laughs> and you know, you know, that's not to take away from you know who did play Santa Claus because you know they did a good job, but Vincent Price, Vincent Price. Right. <laughs> <laughs> End of the day, it's Vincent Price. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there's just a couple of fun things before we get into it. Uh, so, without further ado, let's talk about the night before Christmas. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King! dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? (laughs) Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Ah! All right, so like I said before, this movie was directed by Henry Selick and produced by Tim Burton. It released on October 29th, 1993. And it had a budget of $26 million, and it made a box office total of $91.5 million. So we opened... So this is my question. Oh, go ahead. I said my question is, it took three years to make, and 
on they had a hundred people to do stop motion stop uh-huh. motion. That seems like they got a pretty good a pretty good return on their investment. If I mean I'm saying as far as how much they invested into it and how much work had to go into it in order to do um the stop motion. Yeah. You know, twenty six million dollars over three years. I'm like, that seems uh you know really good. And real quickly, as you know, Kyle, I'm always into the numbers. Yep. It's yep. it's approximately for every dollar nineteen ninety three is a uh, it's basically a dollar eighty today, so I'll just round it up for the sake of time. So basically, for a budget around fifty million dollars, they got a movie that returned around a hundred and seventy million dollars in twenty twenty money. So Damn. I mean, even with that said, if they told you, you know, hey, today we're gonna give you fifty million dollars to do a, a movie, and but and you're gonna say, well, it's gonna take three years. That just seems, you know, really good time considering that you're spending less than twenty million a year on on this film that has a lot of work yeah so they made uh, over double their budget back then yeah i mean yeah sorry no uh, i'm just saying it basically they trip they easily triple their budget yeah and like i know in that i keep talking about that documentary i watched but i literally just watched it last week (laughs) um they talk about because they were filming batman returns at the same time i want to say so that's why Tim Burton didn't direct it is he had to be on set for that as well yeah. as his art director. And at one point the team, uh, cause they were filming nightmare in San Francisco and Batman was being filmed in Hollywood. So they were flying the art director for Batman back and forth because Tim Burton was saying that the images he was getting weren't Halloween enough. He said, Halloween town has three colors, white, black, and orange. And they yeah. were like sending back really colorful things. So he had to, they had to literally fly the art director back and forth every weekend because oh, Tim Burton didn't trust the team. So that yeah. alone is a budget right there. <laughs> yeah, which, which, that's how Tim Burton is though. Like he, yeah. uh, like he has a vision and he knows what that vision is. Mm-hmm. And he said before that uh, that's why him and Johnny Depp like work a lot together and why he gets along with them so well is because when he works with like Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp knows what that vision is and knows what he wants exactly. Yeah. And Tim Burton gets very passionate. They talk about like he was upset because I think they, Oh, they changed the ending. Actually. They, um, they made it. So like Oogie Boogie, what was it? Oogie Boogie was uh the was Doctor uh what's his yeah, name uh, in the yeah, end yeah they made it to where Doctor Finkelstein was yeah Boogie in disguise and he got really pissed off uh, he kicked the wall he, he kicked a hole in the wall yeah well they they confirmed it and they said that the uh I believe it I believe it's the director or the producer cut the hole out in the wall and they framed it and still has it to this day oh wow <laughs> yeah That'd be awesome to have. <laughs> And his like they said like his size fourteen steel toed Doc Martin boots. I was like, oh my god, how dramatic! <laughs> that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I would say um you know I was looking up that time frame. So basically you know it started it he, they started filming Batman Returns in May of 1990, and with the three years of going into the stop the stop motion, it's right around that time because Batman Returns was released in May of 92, and then this was released in. Um, there was even part where they looks like they began production in July 1991. So I mean, it was right there within that same time frame of them doing everything together from the develop from directing Batman Returns to development of Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the exact same time frame, um, almost almost spot on from the directing to the development part. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I understand he wanted to 
Drake Batman Returns, and uh, but but you know I, I, uh, I'm honestly shocked that Tim Burton did didn't try and pull double duty and direct this, and uh, like uh, I, I wonder just how much like it, how much of uh, if he would have directed it, if there would have been any difference in what in what we got. But I, I still feel like he probably still was the main person over everything. But uh, before we uh, really get into it, uh, just a little uh, fun thing I want to do. Uh, what's everybody's uh, favorite song? You can't put me on the spot like this. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I have to say, because Lock, Shock, and Barrel, me, my sister, and my best friend were like a little trio. That's yeah. like my best friend group right there. And yeah. we have wanted to do Lock, Shock, and Barrel forever. So what Kidnap Sandy Claus or whatever that one's called. I love, is, love that one. Kidnap uh, Sandy Claus. Yeah. Yes. That one. We're going to do it one year as a cosplayer, a Halloween costume, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that one. Uh, John, uh, Jonathan Davis of Korn, he, he does a cover of it on the Nightmare Reimagine album. And he, actually, like, he actually did a live stream uh, of it when, when he was making it to show fans like what it was like to make that song i love that song i love the yeah. i love his version of it i've heard it it's so good oh yeah yeah it's really good uh uh mine uh once uh you know i'm, I'm gonna be very cliche on this uh i just love the opening this is halloween it's like one of my all-time favorite songs uh i speaking of the nightmare revisit album like uh my favorite cover is uh, uh is marilyn manson's cover of this song i think it, it's, it's it's just it's really great uh but yeah the, the that one's mine. What about yours, Shar? Uh, mine's the Oogie Boogie song because it, it, <laughs> it, it has to do because of the whole you know he talks about the gambling man and and the whole sequence of the basically it's like the equivalent of a roulette table and the dice yeah. and and the cards. I mean, because that's one of the things when I'm a small time gambler, I, that's one of the things I enjoy doing, especially when I go to Vegas. So. I I think it's amazing the whole, everything about it. That's that to me is what really clinches the movie is for me to enjoy it is is watching it. Yeah. Uh, so we open the movie up and you know we see we see we see woods and we we see trees as they're passing by and each tree has a different symbol on it uh, representing a different holiday. Uh, I actually didn't know it. Uh, I guess I I, I pass it every time I. I watch it. Uh, there's actually one also for Independence Day on there as well. I didn't. I've, I've never seen. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one for there's one for Thanksgiving, Easter, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, uh, and then Halloween, Christmas, and then there's one for Independence Day. I thought that. Oh, one for Valentine's Day as well. Yeah, I thought that was odd. <laughs> like, what would what would Independence Town look like? <laughs> Because well, it, it was Uncle Sam's. Because <laughs> it was weird. Because there was some, there was a tree. Because when they started going through, I saw the Easter, and obviously because yeah. the bunnies later, the Easter, the St. Patrick's Day, the thanks the Thanksgiving turkey, um, the Christmas, and then the um, Halloween, the Jack Lantern. But there's something else. There is a sixth tree, and it's actually the first tree that you notice. Yeah. But it didn't look like a flag, though. Yeah, apparently there's, like... It looks like a firecracker. Yeah, apparently you can see, like, red and blue, like, sparks or, like... Okay. Coming from it, and that's supposed to be fireworks for Independence Day. 
I, I'm assuming a massive outdoor barbecue <laughs> pools. As as you're gonna see, it's gonna be nothing Hot but dogs, s- sandy. It'll be sandy beaches, barbecue, flip flops. Uh, you know, probably uh, a couple of thirty packs of um <laughs> of Bud Light. And then you know we're probably gonna have on the It's not natty ice or something. <laughs> oh, natural ice. Oh, it's natty oh, ice. Oh, I forgot. Okay, so this is a kids movie. So we're gonna have uh we're gonna have Hawaiian punch. Oh God. And we're gonna have ice cream and Capri sparklers. Sun. Capri Sun. There we go. I'll, I'll go to Independence Town for or Capri Sun. Don't get me and, wrong. And some and uh, we're gonna have some uh apple slices and peanut butter. Yeah. Wow. See, I want a New Year's town or something like that. Yeah, Just yeah. a massive party 24-7. <laughs> Here for that. Yeah, exactly. So we see the trees and then, of course, we see the we get to the tree with the uh, jack-o'-lantern and it opens up and we enter in and then hit the probably my, uh, well, my favorite song, probably the most iconic song in the movie uh, uh, hits, which is the, this, this is Halloween. And, you know, we haven't even talked about what makes the movie so amazing is the freaking score by Danny Elfman. Just, you know, such an iconic score. What band was he from? I learned that in the documentary, Danny Elfman was from an 80s band. Yeah. Uh, Oingo Boingo. Yeah, yeah, Oingo Boingo, which is, what a band name. I know. <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, we have the awesome song and, you know, we're going through everything and it's just showing everybody just doing, you know, all this awesome uh, Halloween celebrations throughout, which eventually leads into Jack being introduced or the, the as the citizens of Halloween Town call him, the, the Pumpkin King, which I love that. I love that nickname. And uh, they're kind of congratulating him on, you know, the annual Halloween celebrations and tell him, you know, <laughs> what a great job he did and everything. And, but we can kind of see that Jack is kind of he's kind of growing weary of doing the same stuff year after year, and he's wanting something new. As much as I love Jack Skeleton, I can't relate here because I would be in heaven in Halloween Town if this is all uh, all we had to do was Halloween stuff all day every day. Sign Absolutely. Me up. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I don't need Christmas. I don't need Easter. I don't need the other ones. Like literally, I hate exactly. to be the Grinch right now, but I'm so like, can we get through this and get into 2021? Exactly. <laughs> me too. Like, I need horror really- movies back in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, the only thing I'm looking forward to next week is uh, watching uh, watching movies and playing video games with my niece and nephew. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so like so Jack's kind of tired of doing the same routine year after year and we see him kind of walking off. And uh, I love when he walks by uh, one of the citizens and they call him. Uh, they're playing uh, they're playing an instrument, they're playing uh, instruments and he throws them uh, some change and they call him Bone Daddy. <laughs> That's <Yes>. an amazing <laughs> nickname. <laughs> Can I tell you, they have merchandise at Walt Disney World that have that on it, and it's kind of cringy to see like grown men walk around in like a Jack Skellington shirt that says Bone Daddy or like a hat. <laughs> and Call I'm like, me out here. I'm sorry. Walk around with that. I love it for I love it for Jack, but for like grown men with their families <laughs> at a theme park. Yeah, yeah. 
and, and here's but, me, you know, with a I full knock sleep. I won't knock <laughs> it. I literally have Beetlejuice's face judging yeah. everyone who walks by me every day. So I can't talk. Judge. <laughs> <laughs> JR, how, how, how'd you like this opening? So two things. Number one, um, I wonder how did Bone Daddy get past the Disney creative staff? It's like, do you do I know, right? Sure to? Was that, um, I wonder if it was like, because like, uh, I'm sure we all know about, you know, how Disney's kind of, people have kind of slipped in stuff in Disney movies for years. I wonder if that was something that kind of went under the radar. It's just, yeah, it's, it's always, um. And, and I see the shirt you're talking about right here on Disney DisneyStore.com. I can buy it right now if I wanted to. That's why I wanted to change. Oh Did my you god! Say edit it to your car? Is that what you said? Um, well, the thing is, for me, number one, I have way too many shirts between all my different hobbies I'm into. Number two, I work at a university, so I don't think I can walk around with this uh, shirt on. So we're. Um, you said can you buy want to it refer, refer to it. You know, actually, hold on. I don't think I said this. Real quick, let me go on a quick tangent real quick. Um, <laughs> so we we always have these massive holiday parties where we used to when when we were open. We and it's basically it's a reception where we, they have uh, punch and hors d'oeuvres, you know, anything you could think of like egg rolls or pot stickers and cheese crackers. Anyways, so the whole university is there, the president, you know, our all the vice presidents, all the bosses, and. I was used to. They always tell us like, "Hey, wear your ugly, wear your ugly sweater, wear your ugly sweaters." Well, one year my wife bought me this this ugly sweater. That's literally it was like wrapping paper, and it said two women from God." So like, I wore this ugly sweater to the holiday party. Well, I guess I didn't get the memo that no one was wearing ugly sweaters anymore. So I'm like the only one wearing this ugly sweater, and all the women and all the women are looking at me. And they're like, what is wrong with this guy? And then my friends are like, Jar, why did you wear that? And I was like, well, because we we supposed to wear ugly sweaters? And they're like, no. And then, like, all, like, the vice presidents, like, half of them are women. They're looking at me, like, all kind of like, oh, that's funny. Ha ha, you freaking moron. Well, oh the reason God. why, so the reason, the reason why, I guess, uh, we didn't, they stopped doing ugly sweaters was the year before. And I think this was when I went on my honeymoon because I missed the holiday party. Uh, they were doing ugly sweater words, and the president had told he goes, "Oh, hey, that's a great ugly sweater," and and they're like, "Oh, thank you." And then the president's uh, secretary told him um, that wasn't an ugly sweater; that was a regular sweater. Oh so, my god! Since wow. this, this is a Chris, this is our final Christmas one that we're dropping. I thought it'd be funny, but yeah. So that yeah. on those two stories, number one, I look like a moron because I'm wearing this sweater that says two women from God." Uh, ugly sweater, and then you know, and the reason I got banned was the year before the president, who has since retired, uh, not our current president, uh, told somebody, "Oh, that's a beautiful, that's a nice ugly sweater you had when she wasn't wearing one." Wow. Um, but as now back to our regular scheduled programming, I enjoyed <laughs> the opening. Uh, the thing I find hilarious, and I want to look up his name, it was the the mayor. Oh, the mayor is such a drama oh. king, oh, and yeah. he is. Pl- He's played by uh, the guy who played Ortho in Beetlejuice. That's who voices it. He played Otho, really? Yeah, yeah. his name his no name idea. is William Glenn Shaddix. Unfortunately, he passed away a, a decade yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he so the guy who did Ortho Ortho was the the, the voice of the mayor, and uh, oh. yeah, that was the and you know that was to me it was a funny part. You see all the different characters, and then the yeah. other thing now watching it, I crack up because. 
they're in Halloween Town. This, you know, Halloween Town. And I was like, I wonder, did anybody think of that when they made a Halloween Town Disney movie? <laughs> oh, they had to have. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, my, my favorite dramatic mayor moment is when he's like, Jack, I'm just an elected official. <laughs> <laughs> There's a coffee cup I have from Disney. I live in Orlando. Sorry, I had talked about it a lot. Um, and it's the it is the mayor, and there's like a lid on it. That's his hat, and then you can turn it to either side and drink out of it if you're nice. happy or upset. <laughs> nice. That, that's actually really cool. So um, I feel like I should buy stickers of that when I ten years ago because I used to be involved in politics as a student representative, and that's a hundred percent. I mean, we all know because of everything we've gone through, but I have I hate politicians because they are the most two faced corrupt individuals I've ever met in my life. And they will the stuff they say to you your face mm-hmm. and then do be you know behind the scenes is ridiculous. So I completely one hundred percent support that notion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so after uh you know so after we hear Jack's also nickname of Bone Daddy, which we're gonna refer to as JR uh for the rest of the episode. JR, you're now Bone Daddy for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, JR, I'm only calling you that from now on. If you ever come back on the screen, Queens, I hope you know it's only going to be Bone Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> JR has left the chat. <laughs> just, just call me Bone Daddy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Bone Daddy is entering the fucking podcast great. world. That's fucking great. <laughs> but uh, so so Jack's walking away, uh, and uh, we see him go to uh, we see him go to Nightmare Hill. Okay, so uh, funny. So uh, th- that's one thing I wanted to ask y'all because uh, I, I I haven't been able to find it. I guess I, I don't know if I just skip it or if that's not what's ever been said in the movie. Everybody knows that is Nightmare Hill. Has where was that ever established that was called Nightmare Hill? The swirly in the cemetery? Yeah. That's the worst description I could have given you, but you know what I meant. Yeah. I've never no, I just I said the hill. I would you yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like like over the years, like I've always heard everybody refer to it as Nightmare Hill. And like that's what I figured that that's the name of it. And I was like, well, huh, I wonder where that where that originated from. Because I've never heard them give that a name in the movie. Never. No. I mean, it, it, it's a fit name, but yeah. Yeah. It, doesn't he just say he's gonna go to the cemetery? I think so. Yeah. But yeah, I've always heard not called Nightmare Hill, but yeah. But, but so he goes to you know the cemetery over to Nightmare Hill, Hill and uh, uh, you know, of course, like, you know, this is like probably one of the most iconic images, is scenes from the movie. Is Jack on top of on top of uh, Nightmare Hill with the moon behind him and everything? I I, I, I I love that image. Of course, I've literally got it on my arm. So what we're doing? He's doing this whole mod- his this whole song. Uh, it's called Jack's Lament, and uh, I, I love it because there's a part in the in there where he takes his head off and he says he can he can quote Shakespeare uh, Shakespeare quotations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, he's an icon. I I love Jack because I feel like I feel like in Nightmare Before Christmas, and I say this to everybody, you can find yourself in almost every single character in exactly. one way or another. And with Jack, it's like we've all like longed to be somewhere we're not, and like yeah. we've all gotten bored of something. And like especially this year, I feel like in 2020 with quarantine and stuff like that, 
this movie, like when I rewatched it last week, I was like, wow, it's so more relatable now that I'm older. Yeah. And I, I totally was just sitting there like he was singing and I was like, sing it, man. Like <laughs> sing the blues. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. It's, it's great. And like, while he's doing this, uh, Sally is overlooking from the cemetery and you, know, she can, you can tell she's really connecting with, with Jack Sally's really connecting with Jack, uh, and uh, you can tell her you know, she probably wants to to talk to him about it, but you know she can't really f- figure out how to. So Jack ends up uh, wandering off into the woods, uh, and he you know he's in the woods that we see at the front of the movie, and he's stumbling around and he comes across the trees we see from the beginning, except for he sees one with the Christmas tree on it, and he ends up going in that one and. Then we get the awesome scene of uh of these for the song What's This, where he's going through the the, the Christmas town. It's which arguably is, like one of the most iconic scenes in the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. 100%. Everyone, that's, even if even if you haven't seen it, you've seen Jack running through the snow. Yeah, that's and actually that, one of my oh, second favorite songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. What's This? Uh, and he's all about the snow. And I think this is one of the key parts where you can tell how the the stop motion because of the train and the puff of smokes. Yes. And it was, and you see, it, and it's just, you know, knowing what I now know now about how much work went into it. It's just like, just those little details because like they didn't have to do puff of smokes, but they did it because of the importance of the detail. So, I mean, you could imagine, I mean, he was all over Christmas town dancing, you know, from the snowman's to the ice skating and, it was a very elaborate scene that they did or a segment of the film. Yeah. And it's in a completely different style than like Halloween town. It's bright colors and it's not jagged shapes. It's more rounded images and everything they had to like artistically design two opposite sides of the world pretty much. And it's so, ah, I I love that whole scene because I'm from Florida. I've never seen snow. I've never experienced it. So as a kid and even now I watch him playing in it. And I'm like, oh, it looks so magical. Like even the little horror person in me is like, I want to yeah. experience that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it don't snow much in 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 Alabama. It's very rare, but like when it does, like we freak out over like one inch. We shut down and go crazy. But it it's still like even like even as an adult, like I can still like go out and like be amazed by it whenever it does snow. The last time it snowed in my hometown was January 25th, 1999. Jesus. Oh, that's right, because you, you, you're from California. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last time, and it completely shut down the city. Yeah, I, I, can <sighs> bet. I can't imagine what it would be like if it snowed in California, like, around this time. I mean, there's parts there, – we have mountain parts that, you know, snow is frequent, but living yeah. in – you know, Central Valley, uh, you know, lower sea level like areas, for example, you know, more famous areas like Fresno and uh, Sacramento or Stockton and those type of areas like that. Yeah. They don't get snow. It's not that's out of the realm of possibility, essentially. So yeah. for it to get that cold, plus the precipitation, I mean, it literally completely shut down the city. And I remember talking to um, a, a gentleman who who was in charge of the school and one local schools here and he was one of the like the, the he wasn't the top administrator but he was near the top and he had told me that he had got a phone call from 
the head administrator saying, hey, I need you to go out to campus to see if we can hold school. And he said he went out there with his four-wheel drive, and he told them, called back, goes, you cannot have anybody here. Like, nobody would know how to park. People would be crashing into each other. Like, it, I mean, it wasn't a lot of snow. I think it was, like, at the most they had was six inches in certain parts, but the other areas was closer to two or three inches. But the fact that nobody, you know, they always say you never get used to driving in snow, but the fact that nobody who would drive would understand how to do it, it, was, it would just be chaotic, so they had to shut down the city. Yeah, like, like I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like if it fucking snowed in Los Angeles. Like, oh, it would be like if it snowed in Florida. Like, yeah. literally, we don't know how to function. I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now, where my parents live, and it is 55 degrees outside, and everyone's wearing like heavy ass jackets. <laughs> in 55 degrees? Cause wow. It, in Fort Lauderdale, because it's we're, they're in southern yeah. Florida. They're like 30 minutes from Miami. It yeah. does not get cold here. So yeah. I'm in Orlando. It gets in the 30s more frequently, but still not that often. If it ever snows in Orlando, I won't be able to leave my house. I don't know how to drive in that. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is in Alabama. Like we literally shut down. Uh, a, a, we literally go into a state of emergency if it yeah. gets an inch, if that. <laughs> uh, we're all so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for where I live at. The low is typically in the high 30s or low 40s, but it's typically between mid 50s to like, you know, around 55 to 60, where typically it is all winter. And our winter doesn't last long. We're, I mean, most of our summers are over 100 degrees. And when we get to May or September, it's 80 to 90. So, yeah, I mean, if for me, if it gets to like 45 degrees or 50 degrees as low, I mean, I'm shivering and like, I think I'm going to have a, you know, I'm going to get hypothermia or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, well, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent on, uh, what it's like when it snows, uh, but, uh, just to sum it up, uh, you know, obviously like Jack, we're all amazed by snow. He's just, he's so amazed with and in awe of Christmas town. And so he immediately returns to Halloween Town and he tells everyone about everything he's he's he found. And he he's so excited to tell them all about it, but they're not quite understanding the ideas of Christmas and they're kind of trying to compare it uh everything from Christmas to their ideas of Halloween and it's just not really going going good, but they all do relate to one to one character that uh, Jack found in Christmas Town and that is Santa Claus. So Jack ends up uh, isolating himself in, in his tower to study Christmas, and he wants to try and find a way to rationally explain Christmas to him, but uh, he's he, he can't seem can't seem to figure it out. So he ultimately decides it's unfair that Christmas Town gets to enjoy the holiday and is alone and enjoying the holiday. And so he announces that him and all the rest of the citizens of Halloween town are going to take over Christmas. And, uh, uh, what I love about this is like, uh, so like one of the, the, the inspirations for this movie was, uh, Tim Burton. Uh, I can't remember if it was Tim Burton or Henry. I think it was Tim Burton that, that did it. He said that, uh, one of the inspirations for this was he was in a store and he saw Halloween decorations being taken down and being replaced with Christmas decorations. And he said it made him mad. 
And so that was like one of the inspirations for this. And uh, I have to say, I, I relate to that because it's Relatable. like, <laughs> yeah, because like I can't tell you how pissed off I get when I like in, in, in stores around October and I'm seeing like very few Halloween stuff and I see Christmas already being put up and I'm just like, are you, why can't y'all give Halloween it's, it's due like you give every other holiday? Like I, I hate that because it feels like almost every year it feels like Halloween gets pushed off to the side and doesn't get get its due like every other like every other holiday oh absolutely i feel like every year it's like october like 15th at like the latest the fucking halloween decorations are gone and i'm in the store just like well what the hell i was coming in to see if you had anything for my house for all year yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. But, yeah. I have a pumpkin sitting in the corner of my room right now. Mm. I've still got my spider webs and Halloween lights in my room. As you should. <laughs> I mean, my entire room is decorated in horror and HHN. Yeah. So I really like, I have Sam's lollipop on my arm. Like, Halloween nice. is me. I am Halloween. <laughs> what is Christmas? It's just an inconvenience okay. to get to Halloween. Yeah. That's why I've got the pumpkin on my hand, just because exactly. it's, 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 it's the unfortunate part of consumerism. Because I mean, I'm sure I, I would be willing to bet tomorrow if I go to the store, I'm going to see Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day stuff up as well. I mean, it's oh, they continue to throw all these holidays among among each other, and it's not it's really not fair to people who enjoy each holiday and so on. So it's like I don't want to get to September and I'm seeing a pumpkin and Christmas lights on the same shelf. Yeah. So, so after Jack tells everybody that you know they're gonna take over Christmas, he assigns all the citizens Christmas-themed jobs, including like singing carols, making presents, and building the sleigh uh, that's pulled by you know by a reindeer skeleton. But what's cool is that the Christmas-themed jobs though have their own little spin to it, which I love. And then uh, he assigns uh, Sally. Who you know, it's so sad for Sally too because like she has a vision where she tells Jack that everything's gonna kind of end in end in end in I can't speak tonight end in disaster, but uh, Jack just kind of dismisses it uh, everything and he assigns her the task of sewing him uh sewing sewing him his Santa Claus suit. You know, poor Sally, you know she's obviously you know hopelessly in love with Jack and he's just kind of d- dismissing her. And, you know, she can help him out in so much better ways than he knows. And he's just kind of giving her this pity job of making him his suit. Yeah, poor Sally. I just I feel for her so much because before that, like, uh, doctor, what is his name? I can never remember the scientist's name. Dr. Finkelstein. Dr. Finkelstein. There's a whole scene where he catches her out and, you know, she had uh, given him the uh, deadly nightshade and all of that. Yeah. And she's just like longing to be where everyone is and he won't let her. And it's just, it's so tragic. And she's just this like tortured soul. And then Jack just kind of put like dismisses her, like you said. And he's like, I just need this Sandy Claus suit. Like, it'll be fine. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just shut up and go sew me a suit. <laughs> yeah. And it's, just, ugh, it's so sad. And I think that's why I feel for her so much. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, Three of Jess's favorites, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, they get assigned the task of uh, of, of kidnapping Santa Claus and bringing them back to Halloween Town. It is funny too because they end up uh, bringing the Easter Bunny instead, <laughs> which I loved. Whenever they 
whenever they bring back the the bag and you think it's Santa Claus, then the Easter Bunny comes out and they're like, well, what's that? <laughs> I love how Jack is also like, sorry, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's so like, like he's so he's so nice about everything. I, <laughs> I love it. I I love Boogie's boys, but I do have a problem. I mean, Shock is a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'll forgive the boy thing. Majority rules, I guess. It's like in Spanish where it's masculine if yeah. there's one man. <laughs> so you know, that's their plan. And Jack is telling Santa that he's going to be bringing Christmas to Halloween Town uh, uh, this year instead of Christmas Town. Well, so Jack orders the, the trio to keep uh, Santa safe, but they instead. Uh, deliver a Santa to Oogie Boogie who ends up plotting to play a game with Santa's life at stake and he Sally attempts to rescue Santa but uh, so you know he can stop Jack but Oogie Boogie captures her as well unfortunately so now we get to uh, so Jack ends up departing Halloween Town and he's going to deliver presents to Christmas Town but you know like I said it's uh, Christmas gifts with a twist. It's the Halloween style uh, gift because uh, they want to frighten everybody in Christmas Town. So while he's doing this, the media ends up shooting, ends up sending a uh, word via radio about a Santa imposter, and then the military ends up shooting down Jack, causing him to crash into a cemetery. What a dark moment in a Disney movie. Right? <laughs> the military shot down your main character. <laughs> like, ah, that was that was a little shocking that, that was in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't understand it as a kid. Like, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, oh, yeah. they got him out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was, like, actually, like, shooting at him. Yeah. <laughs> and I love him, like, laying there, like, on the angel. Just yeah. defeated. It's, ah. Uh, Imagery, like, I remember being younger and, like, posting on Tumblr, like, as a young emo child, just being, like, oh, literally sane. <laughs> really got to call myself out there on that one. Oh, I, I'm sure I've, I've had moments like that. <laughs> this is one of my, uh, one of my favorite parts with the mayor is after Jack gets shot down and then the wolf howls and the, the mayor gets on the that car with the microphone and he's just being just so overdramatic just like yeah. jacks dude jacks dude and he's crying and just oh my god like i'm dying as he's as everything about this like, everything he yeah. does like you said the whole thing is like i'm just an elected official oh my god it, i i think honestly he may be my he definitely not i mean jack yeah. is jack is my second favorite character behind oogie boogie dude. but he's probably my third one yeah doof uh Halloween Town would fall apart without Jack. Like they just wouldn't know what to do. Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy, exactly. Oh yeah, I forgot we forgot we refer to Jr. as Bone Daddy throughout yeah. the episode. Oh my god, god we already it. forgot. We're so bad yes. at this, Kyle. I know. I'm so, bad. <laughs> so, so as just saying, uh, Jack's is kind of laying there, and uh, he sees that you know he's kind of created made Christmas a disaster. But while he's doing this, he finds that uh, he kind of, you know, he, he enjoyed the experience nonetheless. And this is kind of reuniting his love for Halloween. But uh, so now that he's got his love for Halloween back, he, he realizes that, you know, he's got to take action. He's got to fix this mess that he's, he's created. 
So Jack ends up returning to Halloween Town and uh, he finds uh, he finds uh, Oogie Boogie's lair and uh, he sees where Oogie is preparing to burn Sally and Santa in his cauldron. When he gets down there, uh, Oogie is trying to kill Jack, but Jack ends up defeating him by ripping apart a thread holding his cloth form together, causing all the bugs that live inside Oogie to fall into the cauldron, which is insane because it's like, you think uh, Oogie Boogie's, you know, this one thing, and it's not. Oogie Boogie's actually a bunch of bugs in a cloth suit the entire time. (laughs) It's such a cool, I love all the colors. I love how Oogie's lair is like, Yeah. it's black light compared to Halloween Town, and it's like, it's yeah. like Halloween Town after dark. It feels like very. <laughs> yeah, because like uh, forever you think Oogie Boogie is like a this like neon green color. Yeah. And he's not. It's just no. Like, oh my yeah, god, and I love it, and I love. Burlap sack, yeah. I know the first time I um I had seen because they have a character at Disney that comes out for Halloween. You can't meet him, but he's in the parade, and it's Oogie. He was like a burlap sack, and I was like, huh? No, he's neon green. What are you doing, Disney? And then they were like, no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I was just like, wow, everything's different. It's but... called you out. The, 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 uh, probably like, <laughs> you're supposed to be a fan. I know. <laughs> Disney's gatekeeping their own characters. <laughs> I can see, like, you know, unfortunately, you know, toxic fandoms, like, gatekeeping people like this. But, like, really? You thought Oogie Boogie was green? Oh, I mean, there probably will be people Burlap. like that. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> someone will tweet at us eventually. Oh yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> it's okay. 100%. I, I'm I, I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> us too. I'm like, we're girls in in the horror podcast community. Yeah. I'm just waiting for somebody to hate my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I do gotta give you props for uh, calling out uh on the uh the uh, thanks killing episode. Uh, oh God. Fucking lost it at the shame you threw whenever whenever uh, CC was like uh uh well the, uh, CC was like well the, you know the, there's not many things uh given themed horror movies and he was like well Pocahontas uh, I guess could be, could be considered one I was like oh shit <laughs> she just went there thank you thank you well <laughs> what if, someone told me I was very bold and I was like wow thank you for being <laughs> thank you for wording bitch in a nicer way. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I'm just me. These are my opinions. Like I yeah. know not everyone agrees, but like, <laughs> it's have fun with it. Fun. Uh, yeah, I was like Lily in the drive-through at Burger King getting some coffee before my morning shift, and then oh, no. uh, I was listening to it, and you said that, and I had to like put my hand over my mouth for about spitting it, my coffee out. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I made you laugh. If I made you laugh, then I'm happy. Oh, I can yeah. end my podcast yeah. career. <laughs> it was freaking great. I love it. But uh, so yeah, so so uh, the bugs that fall inside that they live inside Oogie, they end up falling into this the cauldron and they end up burning burning them burn them alive. Once again, bugs being burnt alive. <laughs> this is a really dark movie. <laughs> this is actually the one the one thing that does creep me out. Like I don't have a problem with bugs, but yeah. I have a problem with them like gathered together. And it's like also like kind of reminiscent of the scene of uh, in Constantine with Keanu Reeves, where he's on the street and then like that like the demon comes after him. It's just a bunch of like bugs and insects and worms and 
I think there's even like a lobster or a crab or some weird something in there. Yeah. Like it's just the gathering of it just kind of gives me like the heebie-jeebies. So like when this happened, when he, the string gets pulled and all the bugs are falling off, I'm just like, oh, that's so weird. So after the bugs, you know, end up burning, burning and dying, uh, Jack apologizes to Santa for you know ruining Christmas and everything and not listening to Sally's warnings. And Santa ends up reassuring him that you know he can fix things, and Santa takes off to you know to help fix things. Well. Santa you know, replaces the Halloween style presents with actual presents and the townspeople of Halloween Town they're all celebrating that Jack's alive because you know they all thought he died and he and him returning. So after everything gets fixed, Santa ends up visiting Halloween Town and brings brings some snowfall for the residents to play with and it kind of fulfills Jack's original dream of having snow in Halloween Town. And as he fl- flies away, uh, as the movie's ending, Santa shouts out Happy Halloween, and Jack replies by shouting Merry Christmas as snow falls in the graveyard. And then uh, Jack and Sally end up declaring her love for each other in, you know, an amazing ending. Oh, my God. It's so sweet. It's so... I know, right? It's so oh. great. I... Hold on real quick, though. Okay. I, was before you, I just want to go back real quick. When oh. Jack apologizes to Santa, I get like I find it very hilarious when Santa goes off on on Jack with just like the next time you get some harebrained idea to yeah. steal another holiday, why don't you listen to this one? She's the one here with like a working brain in this freak show yeah. or something to that effect. <laughs> yep. yep. He rips him a new one. Oh yeah, he 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 definitely did. He went off on him for that. To answer the age the uh the age old question that I know everybody's always asked for years, is this movie a Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie or is it both? Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, who wrote the score for it, has went on record numerous times and has said that it is a Halloween film. I have heard the opposite. What? Yep. Yeah. I I have heard that it is a Christmas movie through and through. <laughs> uh I don't know. Uh, I'll have to find the the interview. I'll I'll post it. But uh, yeah, that they've done interviews and they. Oh, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because it was in the Christmas movie special. I don't. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Hmm. It, it always gets like you know, everybody you know, always assumes it's a Christmas movie because it does have a lot to do with Christmas. Yeah, it just takes place in Halloween Town. Yeah, you know, like like I I I love it as a Halloween film. I watch it. Halloween and Christmas, but uh, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm kind of one of them that thinks it, it's definitely both because it could easily be both. I, I think it's both, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like this is something that can be watched beginning October 1st, basically all through fall till Christmas. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it hits on tones of Halloween and Christmas. And one of the things that you know, the big always the big discussion about Christmas films is. Like when you talk about things like Die Hard or Batman Returns, as two of the most people talk about, um, and I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head that's not coming to me, but they're like, just because just because it's like around Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas film. Like it has to be about Christmas. Well, mm. the whole premise of Night Before Christmas is Jack is obsessed with Christmas and bringing Christmas to Halloween Town, which and thus makes it a Christmas film based on this arbitrary standards that people who love Christmas films created, you know, decades ago. I don't know when they did it, but so, and that's, that's why for me is that it's, it's both because you can watch it from both times. And I think 
I think it's the perfect holiday film because of the fact that it covers essentially you could be get you know people start celebrating Halloween sometimes be, like when fall begins you know the fall season begins in like mid September since October first but if we go with October first that's all of October that's all of November and basically all of December that's almost ninety days that you can watch Night Before Christmas and it applies yeah yeah and if you're in Orlando uh um, Halloween starts like August third down here yeah. um i kid you not disney starts their halloween parties like a normal operation in a normal year like august 10th that's awesome and ahhn starts the like between the first and the 10th of september every year you don't know how bad i want to go to hhn like i, I... told you the story but like uh, i don't know if you've ever seen the movie before so like uh one day uh, I was uh, I wanted to go uh, I, you know, uh, uh, I used to go to the movies like all the time uh, I used to go to see a random movie each week and uh, 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 the movie uh, Hellfest came out and uh, I thought it looked really cool and so I went and watched it and, and, and I enjoyed it you know for what it was but I was fascinated by because uh, like it it all takes place in a theme park that's kind of mm-hmm. like all Halloween and haunted house themed throughout the entire movie and i was like man you know this would be so cool if there's something like this and i was talking to my friend and she was like oh uh uh she said, yeah it reminded me of, of halloween horror nights and i was like wait w- what did you say she was like, oh, <laughs> halloween horror nights you never heard of it i was like no and so oh I my god up, and i found like youtube <laughs> videos of uh i, I guess uh, there's a guy down there and i guess he lives in orlando uh is it tim tracker yeah tim tracker yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yep. yeah yeah i found him on youtube and i just started watching all of his halloween horror nights uh vlogs uh and all, all of his vlogs and stuff and i was like oh my god i have to go this is like this is fucking heaven to me like this is everything i want <laughs> oh my god kyle i want you and bailey from yeah. uh we came from beneath the sea you two are like the nut like the two people i want to bring next year i'm like yeah. y'all need to come down we'll find a place for you to stay i'll be your tour guide i got it all down it's in my brain you listen to our show i yeah. know too much oh, <laughs> like yeah. i hate to say that i know too much <laughs> <laughs> but like i love showing it to new people and hhn is just like anyone who likes horror will have a grand time because there's something for everybody yeah so I, we're gonna I, I get like- you here yeah, I was like, I appreciate the invite, Jess. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm go sorry, Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy, you so, were automatically listen. invited, but you don't tweet at me all the time about wanting to go. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm so, I'm gonna cry right now. I gotta pop a beer. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> okay, Jr. You were totally invited. I didn't, I didn't think you didn't understand that the invite was for both of you. You are one show. <laughs> I always say, I, I always tell this as a joke that I, uh, I just want to be asked to the dance. I don't actually want to dance. <laughs> I, I do want to go to Hall. I do want to go to HHN because of you and uh, and CC. Right. I I don't have anybody who you know who's into horror. That's you know, and I live by the one. I live you know a few hours away from the one here in California, Universal. But it wouldn't be fun because I would have nobody to enjoy it with. Yeah, um, no, I get that. And so on a quick on a quick note though, I was looking up about this film. You know, I prefer Christmas about the accolades, and one of the things is that. As far as we're talking about, this is it a Halloween or is it a Christmas film? On Rotten Tomatoes, they did a list of the best Christmas films. And number one is A Wonderful Life. Number two, The Original Miracle on 34th Street. Number three, Holiday Inn. The Number four, Shop Around the Corner. Number five, A Christmas. How Grinch Stole Christmas. These are all old. Like the, the Grinch Stole Christmas is 67. Everything else is in the 40s. 
Um, And number six is Nightmare Before Christmas, which beats out classics like Home Alone, Charlie Brown, um, and the most overrated one, A Christmas Story, who comes at 21. So suck it, Christmas Story. Nightmare Before Christmas whooped your ass. That makes me so happy. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I don't, it, this is from Rotten Tomatoes, and one of the things I was, as we were on, I was trying to see, like, how was this list created, and I don't have it, but, you know, to me, everybody goes to Rotten Tomatoes, for better, yeah. for worse, look at ratings and stuff. It has a 95 rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is higher than A Christmas Story. Again, suck A Christmas Story. You're overrated. And it's the, it's the highest rated new film. Like, you think about it. This film, and on this on this list too, is to show how up to date is has a the new Christmas Chronicle film of 2020. So that this is up to date, uh, you know, for this year. This is the highest rated movie that was released from 1970 on up. Because huh. the only thing that beats it is movies is four movies from the 40s and the Grinch how the Grinch stole Christmas in 1967. Yeah. So from the last 70 years, this is the highest rated movie. Hmm. What's its rating on Rotten Tomatoes? It's got to be like 90, whatever. It's, it's 95. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, Thank God. it's 95. And that's the Rotten Tomatoes score. And its average audience score is 91 out of 968,000 user reviews. That's amazing. I mean, that's. This is, I mean, this is a film a lot of people like. And just again, because I and I'm gonna throw this under the bus one more time, uh, because it's it's played all damn day on Christmas and it's so overrated. Is a Christmas Story has 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, out of 57 total review, total uh, reviews, and a and Nightmare Before Christmas has 96. The audience score of a Christmas Story is 88 out of 285,000 user ratings, and Nightmare Before Christmas. Has what did I say it was at over? Um, that was two hundred eighty-five thousand for uh, a Christmas story at eighty-eight percent. Yeah, almost a million people voted for Night Before Christmas, give an audience score, and it's at ninety-one. So more than almost four times as high of audience scores, and it's and it's higher. So like by all realm of possibility, a Night Before Christmas kicks the shit out of a Christmas story. <laughs> as it should that's hilarious so this is the one TNT, TNT, TBS call up Disney and be like hey we want to buy the rights to your film now before Christmas because everybody loves it yeah hmm. uh, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll feel, uh, I can't I, I read about it I can't remember exactly if it was a deleted scene or if it was like an alternate ending or what, but there's apparently there's a scene that's not in the movie uh, where Santa Claus comes back to nightmare to, to Halloween town like a few years later. And Jack has uh, Jack is there and he has four, he, he has four uh, skeleton kids, but uh, it's not known whether or not uh, Sally is their mother or not. Yes, I did. Um, where I found it, it says that in the extended ending to the film heard on the soundtrack album, many years later, Santa Claus returns to Halloween Town to visit Jack and finds out that he has about four or five skeleton children. Yeah, I was actually a little bit confused because when I read it, I was like, wait a minute, Santa Claus has four to five skeleton children? What was Santa Claus doing in Halloween Town? Yeah. Uh, hey. <laughs> 
I don't know. I've seen um like really cool cosplays of people, especially on TikTok. We were talking about it earlier. Um, yeah. some like people. What would uh, Jack and Sally's like daughter look like? And yeah. it was such a cool design. I if I can find a picture, I'll send it to you guys. But it was just like she was like Jack, but with stitching, but with a patchwork dress that was striped. It was very interesting and oh, like Victorian almost. Yeah, I like that. Before we close this out, uh, one of the things uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll test your your HHN knowledge because I know you you will be able to figure this out uh, uh, real quick. I, I remember like sending this picture to CC and then she was like immediately told me exactly what, what scare zone it was. Like when I was watching my son, I was watching. I got into watching Tim Tracker and that's how I got like. I knew I absolutely had to go to Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw him go through this scares. I think it was a scare zone, or it may have just been like this little like uh, this little uh, zone you walk through. But uh, so uh, the the picture I'm looking at, uh, I, I don't know what the name of it is. Uh, they're walking toward. It, 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 there's like a bunch of trees, and it looks like there's purple lighting, and there's pumpkins like uh little pumpkins all all in the trees mm-hmm. do you know what scare zone that is so it can be one of a few so back in 27 there was a scare zone for trick-or-treat um uh-huh. in that area it's called central park um and they and it was trick-or-treat based off the movie um yeah. and it was they carved all the pumpkins but i don't think that's the one you're talking about the yeah, next year in 28 there was twisted traditions which is yeah. so it's yeah, it's based off yeah. this pumpkin lore with this pumpkin king. And we actually had a house rumored for this year for 30 that was expanding on that pumpkin king lore. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with Jack Skellington, but it's probably Twisted Traditions. And I went through it. It was beautiful. Yeah, like like I saw his him do a video of that. And I just saw like where it's just him walking and there's just a big group. And then they're just in this beautiful forest with all these pumpkins in these purple lights. And I was just like... I was literally like, uh, I was literally like the equivalent of the, uh, I was pretty much like hard eyes emoji, like the entire time I was looking at that. I was like, I have to do this. It, oh my God. I, it is beautiful. <laughs> no, I totally get what you're saying. And hard eyes emoji is probably yeah. like the best way to describe <laughs> so like, literally, that. Like, literally, I saw that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I have <been> here. <laughs> you really do need to come. Like, it, it is. A whole other kind of event, especially if you're into horror. Yeah. Like, there's something, like I said, for everyone, there's gore, there's comedy, there's sex, there's like a sexy house, there's like, we call it a hot house, a comedy yeah. house, a blood house, stuff like that. But we will take you yeah, in I'll, 2021. I, I also like how, like, there's like, uh, there's certain diners that have like a, 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 a horror theme to it as well that, that you can eat at. Yep, Universal. It's Monsters Cafe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, you really do watch those Tim Tracker videos. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I used to watch. I, I literally would watch them every day. I would. I, I would like. I, I watch. I like because uh, when I found it, it was in October, so he was uploading like almost daily. Oh and so yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna keep watching this. And then I, and when it was finally done, I just went back and watched all this old stuff. I was like, man, this is everything. But yeah, uh, for, for sure, I'll definitely have to come out to Orlando. And uh, you too, JR. Yes, JR. You <laughs> You're invited. <laughs> no, I you really, have to um, get the Bone Daddy shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the, in a different area code, what happens at area code stays in the area code, so <laughs> I will rock a Bone Daddy shirt in a different area code. I just or can't do a local. Or seven. 
it's like people <laughs> it's like people that go to vegas you know like i've heard I, i'm like i've heard stories of people that like that uh, you know i know i'm like wait a minute you know and this is no shaming because we're all different people like i'm a different person i'm in vegas but like with some of these people i'm like oh you a freak i got you i see you <laughs> i see you okay i got you hey I do not, you know, I'm a completely wildcat when I go to Vegas. And the same thing is like when I go to do vacation somewhere else, I'm a different person because I like I'm nine o'clock. I hope no, and hopefully these people don't know me. Uh, just call me Jeff because I'm not Jr. Right now. <laughs> My name is Jeff. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I have a question for you guys. Did either of you ever watch the show Face Off, the special effects makeup show? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I loved it. Okay, so do you guys remember the artist Nix Herrera? He like he had like a really cool like beard like it was pointy. He I think he was like in the top of one of the seasons. He was he was an artist on one of the seasons of that show. Um, if you look him up, you probably know what he looks like. Um, he actually designed the characters for that scare zone, Kyle Twisted Traditions, the pumpkin okay. guts. Yeah, so he he's been an artist. A lot of the artists from Face Off because it's sci-fi, which Universal owns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A lot of the artists come from uh, L.A. and Orlando and they're HHN makeup artists. Um, and when they come back, they either move on to movies or they go back to HHN. And Nick's just decided to go back to HHN and he's been doing it for years. He killed the Pumpkin Guts characters and they've like gone on to become like one of the most recognizable ones in like the past five years for HHN. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, wait, Kyle. No, that is trick or treat. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's the trigger treat scare zone. Okay, okay, so yeah, yeah. Same area. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, the house on the left is like supposed to be just one of the houses, uh, the stilt walker, and then Krieg's house, like doorstep, is a little bit further down. Okay. Or I'm not sorry, Wilkins. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, before we close this out, uh, uh, just a little quick another another fun thing so uh in uh the song what's this uh jack says what's this 18 times that's it yep 18 times that's it that's the official number <laughs> it feels like 45 I feel right. <laughs> oh. but, uh, but yeah, uh, i was gonna yeah. add uh just oh, a little bit of information so we talked about the development and they broke the book Production began on July 1991, and as you said, just in San Francisco, they had over 120 workers utilizing 20 sound stages for filming. In total, they did 100, almost 110,000 frames were taken for the film. Holy um, shit. They, the filmmakers constructed 227 puppets to represent the characters in the movie, with Jack Skellington having around 400 heads allowing for the expression of every possible emotion. Yep. So there was a lot and lots of work um, that went into this. And yeah. that's one of the things I think with how much work they went into. I know that there was a, they a discussion about doing a sequel, but fully animated. And Tim Burton was fully against that. Yeah. And I agree because it, I think it takes away from all the hard work and effort that they put into the stop motion uh, feature that they did with Now Before Christmas. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think... Uh, I don't think this movie would be have as big of a cult following and be as big if it was animated if, if we didn't get it in stop motion. Yeah, um, I mean, no. and and I get and I get the whole premise of like being animated because I'm sure it would you know take less effort. But th- at the same time, it's not gonna hit the same. Like people are gonna be sour on it because they're like, well, it's it's not gonna feel right. And then you're gonna see it and it's gonna look like Toy Story. It's gonna look yeah. like you know The Incredibles. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, and I mean, not, not, nothing against those. I love those films, but that's not, you know, it takes away from what we could, the whole premise of Night Before Christmas and the tone it also sets, because I think just naturally with the stop motion, it gives it that darker tone that needed to hit. You see the same thing with like a uh, Corpse Bride and, mm-hmm. as you know, as equal, I think Coraline is another one. It gives it that because of the style. Yeah, I think it wouldn't be almost, I want to say, char- as charming of a film yeah. if it wasn't uh, in stop motion and, like, claymation. Yeah, I really I feel like it, yeah, it just, it would feel like a different movie to me. And it wouldn't be, like, my nightmare. Yeah. You know what? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Like, if you compare Rudolph, like, Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because we're talking about it. Yeah. And if you compare it to Frosty the Snowman, to me, Rudolph is just, I just feel like I want to see that way more than I see frosting. I can't explain it. Yep. It's just something about it. Yeah. I guess stop motion just is better. <laughs> it also reminds me of um <laughs> stop motion reminds me of celebrity death match too. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god. <laughs> it's also the last thing I'll add, it's the first stop motion animated film to be rated PG by the Major Motion Picture Association yep. of America. Wasn't it also, like, one of the first Disney movies to have, like, a PG rating or something like that? Like, under the uh, Disney. It was when it when they actually, like, released it under the Disney name once they finally yeah, got the sticks out the, of their asses. It's the second asses. film. Excuse me. It's the second uh, animation studio. It's the second Walt Disney animation studio film to be given a PG rating. The first one was the 1985 film The Black Cauldron. Oh, uh, well, that's valid. Okay, I yeah. get that. <laughs> I love The Black Cauldron. <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I hate how I, I hate how Disney was before. You know, they finally decided to accept this movie. Like, they really did give a hard time and like didn't accept it until they finally. It, it took them a while. It wasn't until they started, you know, noticing like how you know <laughs> how big it really was before they really started accepting it. Oh yeah, and they um. The whole thing with Tim Burton is so he came up with the idea and brought it to Disney and they were like, absolutely not. It's too dark. And then they kept the idea and he came back after, you know, Batman. He had become like a successful director and was like, I want to buy the rights back. And Disney said, well, why don't we make it for you? Because they saw how big Tim Burton was becoming. But Tim Burton doesn't fit the Disney branding. So that's kind of why it got kind of like shoved under the rug for a little bit and it got shit on. And now. Here we are in 2020, and it's like arguably still one of like the biggest pop culture like things in the world. It's like one of my top five movies. To show how kind of like sketchy they were, like Disney like was trying to do it, is it was the um and they're no longer in existence, but they it it was the only animated film released by Touchstone Films or Touchstone Pictures, I should say. Yeah. It like it didn't even fit their anything they did i mean they i I think i don't know if you would say who frame roger rapper was animated i don't think that's considered animated because they just had few you know a few animations yeah but they did things like um like the rocketeer or three ninjas and things like that they if you look at their movie catalog they didn't do anything um con air and face off no storm starship troopers they didn't do anything like animated things let's get into some final Thoughts and reviews. Uh, I guess we'll start with Bone Daddy. What would you rate this? And any final thoughts? 
Oh, you know, I was thinking of a rating and, you know, I was trying to be like, well, you know, what do we do? Like, do we do, I feel like we did pumpkins before. Do we do Christmas trees? Do we do light bulbs? Um, do we do, what's the, what's something? Um, it's so weird trying to find one thing. Uh, zeros? Like a dog? I don't know. I, I was thinking zeros because the same premise, because it's like it's Halloween, but it's also kind of like supposed to be the same spirit of like Rudolph. Yeah. Um, so let's just go with that. I will yeah. actually give this one a four and a half out of five zeros. Oh. And the blasphemy. I'm it's very hard for me to give five. I I have to. It's just hard for me to always get any anything a five. The only five I think I've given is Halloween, the original Halloween. This deserves a five. Kyle, Um, I say you kick Bone Daddy off the show, and I'm your new co-host. The only reason, the only reason why is because it's, I this I think this film is is targeted towards kids, but I think it's a certain age group and trying to find the right age group. Um, I mean it. It is. It's a great film. I mean, I do. It's just like I said. Right, no, I'm not going to give it to peer pressure. Screw you guys. I'm giving it four and a half. Don't make me feel bad. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to make you raise you're it. I'm just saying. saying. <laughs> you're just saying. I don't, the, the one of the things is, it, it, I think that's what it is, is what is the, the core audience, that the, the target audience is what I look at as one reason why I just I give it a little less than uh, a full five-star rating. Yeah. Um, I think this is I think, you know, part of it's like, well, maybe this should be, you know, designed for kids, like, you know, at the age of eight or, but sometimes like, but they may not understand until a little bit older because Disney's targeted for younger kids, you know. So, um, it's just, it's hard because I think it's animation, but it, the reason why I also want to give a high, give it such a high rating is because of all the work it went into. You know, I, we mentioned all the stats of it. Um, I typically hate musicals. Like, I don't do musicals. The only ones I really like is, is like, Grease, I think is like the only Greek musical i like and i enjoyed every song they hit every song perfectly um i think jack skellington was amazing and i thought i love oogie boogie and his performances it's kind of always um you look at the characters and who played who and it's you know i think some people are like man you know maybe these people are you know are famous now and it's like you look at oogie boogie who played him the voice of him it's like he didn't really do anything after it yeah and um and so yeah it's a i highly it's a film that i would say if you have like those those adolescents that are almost preteens it'd be perfect movie for them and a family to watch i wouldn't i don't know if i would show it to somebody younger that's underneath the age of 10 that's just me though yeah uh i completely understand where you're coming from Uh, you know i'm always showing your opinion you're wrong jr you're wrong (laughs) it's a perfect fucking movie i'm just kidding (laughs) uh uh, so anyway, uh, obviously I'm gonna give it uh, five zeros out of out of, out of five. I'm honestly, probably six out of five. But uh, I think this is just a one of the most perfect films in my opinion. I just I love everything about it. Uh, like I said before, this everything about this movie perfectly captures every every aesthetic I, I'm uh, I'm all about. It's why it's why I chose to have it, you know, as a tattoo sleeve and everything. Everything from the characters, the score, the story—I mean, it's just—it's perfect. Like, it, it doesn't matter like how old I am when I put this movie on. I will sit and I can sit. I can—I I don't sing, but you know, I, I bounce around and, 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 and kind of hum it in my head. 
uh, while I'm watching along to the songs and everything. I just, I love this movie so much. Stop lying, Kyle. You know you're singing. I mean, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there's no one in the room, I'll, I'll, I'll try and sing. <laughs> Especially if that song came on and I was driving, I would roll down my windows yeah. and play full blast and be singing "This Is Halloween" throughout this crazy ass neighborhood I live in. That's all I did on Halloween this year. I rolled down my windows on the way to my parents and just fucking blast sung that at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> What about you, Jess? I mean, obviously, I have to give it five zeros out of five. Um, I like I, I get what you're saying, uh, Bone Daddy, about not wanting to show it to like anyone under ten. But my mother, who is the least into horror and dark and scary things, she is terrified by anything. When I was three, she showed me Beetlejuice. We don't know why to this day. She just did, and I became literally obsessed with it. And then she showed me Nightmare when I was about five or six. Um, and I could handle it, but I obviously was a very weird child. <laughs> <laughs> so I get what you're saying. Um, but I do have my boyfriend, his uh, niece. She watched it when I think she was seven. And we can already tell she's like on her way to being like a mini scream queen because she is obsessed with horror. And she's like watched uh, both of the It remakes. Um, she's starting to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. We're not going to get her into Friday the 13th yet, yeah, just because yeah. it's a little advanced. But I think she can handle Freddy. She's nine now. Yeah. Um, but I get what you're saying for, like, the normal average family. Maybe wait till your kid's, like, 11, 10. But if your kid can handle it, show them Nightmare. It might change their life. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, I get where you say it, like, where you said that uh, you can tell she's kind of on her way to being a, a screen queen. Uh, because, yeah. Like, I feel like this is one of those movies and I also feel like you could probably put in like Edward Scissorhands and, and Beetlejuice and like yeah. those three movies, like you find, you show somebody those three movies and if they really like it, those, the, they're going to be, they're going to be into the horror genre and all, and all the weird aesthetics and all the, all the fun, creepy, you know, all the creepy goodness of, and Halloween uh, vibe stuff. Oh, absolutely. And like, I was a chicken shit. I talk about it on our show. I was intrigued and obsessed with horror and HHN, but I couldn't watch scary movies and I couldn't go to any haunted houses because I had such bad anxiety. And then I started watching horror movies when I was about 16 because I would only watch Nightmare, Beetlejuice, anything Tim Burton, anything dark and scary-ish, kind of like that. And then I finally was like, I'm going to try horror. And I was like, oh my God, where have I been my whole life? And it's just been like, you know pedal to the metal like horror all the time now so yep. i'm like seeing her like she loves edward scissorhands she loves beetlejuice like she loves all of it and i'm like all right all right when you're ready talk to me and i'll talk to your parents and we'll start you in the training to become the next scream queen yeah <laughs> like like this movie like is definitely one uh i feel could be considered a uh I mean, even though it's not a horror movie this is like one that you could if you have like a a little sibling or a niece or nephew that that you kind of you, you want them to, to get into horror show them this movie as a kid and it, this is a, fu- a a fun an easy you know first step into that no i i agree with you on that um kyle i mean i think that's one thing you said is this is this is something for like the whole family and you know what and just you're right i think i misspoke it's i think it depends on how far how you advance your a child in life in general, you know, I don't not get too far into the weeds on that, but 
I mean, if you're discuss- having discussions with your kids, you know, some kids are advanced others. I had yeah. one of our cousins, he was reading at the age of two and probably by five, you know, he would, you know, they were talking about things that some people wouldn't talk to kids about till they're seven or eight. I think it just kind of depends on how much of that door you open. And obviously none of us are normal because of, you know, <laughs> of who we are. And uh, I mean, I, my, my dad, as I said, when we started this whole thing, my dad, you know, because I was nagging about how I wanted to see Child's Play because I was at a video store and I saw a toy on a thing, you know, said, fine, let the kid watch it and see he's going to be, you know, see what he gets. And, and I've been ruined ever since then. And so I'm pretty sure after seeing Child's Play at the age of four, I would be fine watching this yeah. a week later. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh dude my dad's my you know basically the whole story is in our first episode but essentially my dad is the type of person like that. oh yeah like you know if basically if you you know if you're nagging about something and my dad said hey stop doing that hey stop doing that the third time he's either gonna smack you across the head or he's like all right keep doing it and see what happens see you fucking moron you fell off your bike i told you not to do that and you did and look what happened <laughs> So oh as I raised that. my voice, it's basically my dad, and that's what it was. I was at the, I was at um, where it was called Warehouse, Warehouse that was essentially bought out by FYE years ago, movie rentals, and I saw Child's Play three, and I was like, I want to see. My dad's like, no, and I was like, I want to see it, and my mom and dad were like, no. And then I said it one more time, and I was like, no. And my dad said, no, let him. He's gonna sit there. He's gonna watch every fucking scene of that film and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. I love that. See, my okay, dad my, just showed me American Werewolf and told me not to tell my mom, and I was seven. <laughs> no, and then and then to make it worse, the two weeks later, well, a week later, we went back to the, to the area, and I was like, I didn't learn my lesson, so then I wanted to see Child's Play too. Yeah. <laughs> was it uh in Paris or London? London. London, yeah. London. Uh, London's good, but it's weird because like like you know I've always I said before that you know uh I, I'm I'm a fan of what people consider you know b-horror films or just mm-hmm. really bad movies I, I love american werewolf in paris <laughs> i don't think i've seen in paris it's, it's my, my dad movies. loved london and that's why he showed me it yeah. i don't know why <laughs> in paris is a guilty pleasure hmm. good to know i love a, i love a shitty movie oh my god oh yeah uh, oh if, if, if you like london you, you should check out in paris i will do that i have a list of movies to watch that people have recommended Adding that one to the list. <laughs> I'm glad on this episode that Jr. mentioned that he didn't like he wasn't a big fan of musicals because I'm definitely gonna make sure we add uh, Sweeney Todd and Repo to our. Yes, <laughs> you know, have uh, to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, wait, no, how do you hate musicals? Especially Repo. Repo is like one okay, of my hold on. absolute favorite for uh, opera. So there, like when I mean musical, I'm talking about stuff like. Like hairspray or oh, don't um, Chicago. you shit on hairspray? I've been in both of those musicals. I was in hairspray twice as Tracy. <laughs> My uh, one of our best friends, we were in um in college. She was we did hairspray at our school, and um I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's the not the movie or the actual like being an actual play, cause, which is weird because I used to do drama. So I, my senior year, I was stage manager for Bye Bye Birdie, but it's just that show. Wow. Um. <laughs> It just was like, just sometimes it seems so long. That's actually one of the things I wanted to comment on. This film has a runtime of 76 minutes. This is a super uh, short group. It is. I mean, I mean, short movie, excuse me. Um, 76 minutes. And I was like, 
and there were some things I read that said, oh, we had to, you know, we cut this because of, um, you know, because of timing. I'm like, this thing is essentially a TV special, like, you know, 76 minutes. You could have added an extra, you know, 10 minutes of runtime if, if it was important. Because when I saw it today, I was like, I flew by this movie. I couldn't believe how quickly I went through it. We could have put in 30 more what's this. Yeah, what's you could have. You could have afforded said, to do that. One more song or 30 more what's this. <laughs> and that, that's a crazy 109,000, and almost 110,000 frames. And they did a 76 movie. I bet, you know, if you did a breakdown, it probably would have been 20,000 more scenes to do and add an extra 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah that's probably 10, why they didn't do it. And how many months would that have taken them to film? Exactly. (laughs) I think I know in the special I watched, they said how many they could get done in a day. I wish I had that number. How many like cells they could get done. uh, Is that still on Netflix? Yeah, it's still there. They have Elf and Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. I might watch it again. Actually, I learned a lot. Yeah, I watched that. And uh, a couple months ago on Tim Burton's birthday, I watched this like two hour long documentary on him on YouTube and it was just amazing. Say more. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it it may be even a bigger fan than I already was of him. I was just like, you know what? I actually I wanna <laughs> I wanna uh revise. I give this film a three. No, I'm just playing. I give it a I think a, I give a five. Not that uh. it's a peer pressure. I not that being peer pressure, but you know I'm thinking about peer it pressure. and peer pressure. <laughs> no, I promise you I yeah, I'm not it's not that, but when he's one thing Kyle said is looking at this film and it's like if I compare it to Halloween, it's like what could what could possibly be done to make this film better? And I don't think it's there's there's literally nothing that you could have done to make this film better. A uh, Vincent Price Santa Claus, but yep, that. that's it. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's one you know from could they add in extra scenes? Could they take away scenes? Could they elaborate on a certain story? You know more. You know, stuff like that I'm looking at and I just look at it and I think, you know, from beginning to end, it tells it tells a full story. You know, about Halloween Town, you know, who Jack's Pumpkin King, you know, about Christmas Town and I mean, everything about that they did. And, you know, basically Jack coming to a sense of saving the day, Santa Claus saving Christmas. I mean, and then him and him and Sally end up happily ever after. I mean, really, the only thing if you think about it is maybe they expand on, you know, Sally being potentially more infatuated with Jack, but yeah. I was um, going to say, I would actually love to see how Finkelstein created Sally, exactly. like a flashback song or something. That would be great. Like elaborate so, on her. Yeah. So I was right. Four and a half stars. You guys are wrong. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you. <laughs> see you guys next week. <laughs> Screw you, Joe. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, what I would love, uh, I, which uh, I don't know if they've done this. Uh, I've never seen it, anything on it. Uh, I would love maybe like a little special on what the other towns look like. I, I want to see what Easter Town looks like. What you know, yes. St. Patrick's Day towns. What Valentine's Day town looks like. And not necessarily. Oh my God. Although, although th- th- that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like I just see like Valentine's Day. It's all red and pink, and you have like yeah. clouds and Cupid. Okay. Easter okay. is gonna be Screw all then. bright fluorescent right. colors and damn Easter egg bunnies and, and eggs and yeah. God, be, if you think about it, there'll be such wild colors if you had to explain all that. But for me, what is Thanksgiving town? I feel like everyone's got to be really, really chubby there. Yeah. Relatable, but like everyone's got to be really chubby in Thanksgiving town. 
Is it just like, is it just farms? Is it like basically like the equivalent of like Charlotte's Web? It's like just all farms and like. Please tell me that Turkey is the Thanksgiving Day Town uh, main character. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. That would be hilarious. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, what about if Turkey takes over? Christmas yes, next year. That's what we can do. Nightmare Before Christmas 2. Turkey's oh back and he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, we already wrote a sequel. That's fucking good. I am okay. so prepared. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, uh, let's uh, start wrapping this up. Uh, we gave our reviews. Uh, here's one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the theories online uh, about how it's possible that Frankenweenie, the corpse bride, and Nightmare Before Christmas is a story told in reverse. I'm like, so glad you're touching on this. Thank you. Yeah, like Frankenweenie <laughs> could be Jack and Zero, and then Corpse Bride could be Jack and Sally, and then you get them in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I've heard of that theory. I love yeah. that theory, but I also, I, I don't know. Part of me wants to keep them separate. Yeah. Just because yeah. they're they're different stories to me, and they're yeah. all similar, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How I feel about it. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's true. It's probably best to just keep them separate. Let them have, let us have our own. Their I want to know what Tim Burton thinks about that. That's true. If I ever get to meet him, I'd definitely ask him about that. Oh God, I think I'd faint if I could meet yeah. him. Me too. <laughs> I'd just shake like uncontrollably. <laughs> just be like, "Hi, can you sign my arm? I'm gonna get it tattooed afterwards." Yeah, it's weird because like, uh, uh, like uh, in like high school and then especially in college, you know, uh, especially like whenever like when Hot Topic was uh, getting real big and like. They started getting Night Before Christmas uh, stuff in. Night Before Christmas started being seen as more like a, you know, a cringy like mall thing, and and yeah. people, uh, you know, kind of you know was kind of uh, didn't really like uh, wearing like merch and stuff of it and stuff. And I'm just over here with like my full fucking arm, and I'm just like, yeah. I game. I love this fucking movie. I wore the Jack hoodie, the same fucking basic Jack hoodie that everyone had, the black one with the Jack yeah. face on it. All the scene kids had it. We all wore yes. it. Don't act like we didn't. Exactly. <laughs> uh, come yeah. on. Don't be ashamed of your past, guys. Exactly. Former scene kids turn into horror adults, pretty much. Yes. So. Exactly. Every now and, every now and then, I'll, 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 I'll go in a little kick while I just listen to those fans from those days just nonstop. <laughs> Me the other day, listening to yeah. only pop punk from 2007. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> We were talking about like AFI and oh, him the I other day. AFI's <laughs> my best, my, my band. But yeah. Well, anyway, uh, well, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. We've kind of been talking forever, and I'm sure it's late. Where for Jess, uh, I know. Uh, I don't sleep. But yeah, <laughs> I I know Jr. is a couple hours behind us though. Uh, yeah, it's only ten o'clock where I'm at, so I'm like, yeah, see, it's almost midnight. Yeah. I don't think I don't think our listeners gonna want to hear me ramble off for another hour and a half, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, so yeah, uh, so yeah, but we hope uh, everyone enjoyed that review, and uh, Jess, we hope you enjoyed being on the episode. We'll, I appreciated you having you on the episode, and it's been a blast uh, uh, getting to talk to you about this. 
Oh, I've had so much fun. I'm so excited we finally did this. I know. I I can't wait to get you back on another one as soon as oh, we can. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. And then we of course we want you guys back on the screen queens. Yes. We always want you guys on the screen queens. <laughs> Yeah. Both of you, Jr. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I enjoy my time with Halloween with the Scream Queens, and it's always good, uh, you know, listening to you, Jess and Cece, and um, it's always good having um, our fellow horror sisters on our podcast and and giving a different perspective. And especially, you know, Kyle's been carrying me for the last month, you know, and so <laughs> I say he's like he's starting to turn like the Hunchback to Notre Dame now. He, he, say, he, he needs help he can't he can't carry me he's the, he's the talent i'm just here for the ride oh my god no you're both no, the no. talent it is a team effort <laughs> he, 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 uh, jr uh led and got us through black christmas 2006 okay it's he, he's okay. good <laughs> jr was oh. also on our show first technically yeah wasn't yeah. he uh, yeah. yeah yeah he was yeah you were on our Halloween? Was it Halloween? Yeah. Yep. Feels so long ago. I know. Oh my god. It's because oh. 2020 is aging like dog years, as I said earlier. So, um, <sighs> but yeah, um, you know, as we're give the last thing I'll say, so we can wrap up, Kyle. We can get out of here. Is you know, I know this will drop on Christmas Day and or midnight Christmas, and I wish yeah. everybody has a safe and happy holidays. Um, you know. It seems like we're starting to turn that corner as we keep mentioning every week. Um, you know, just most important thing is, as I said, you know, we sacrificed a lot this year and a few more. That way, 20, 2021 will be a giant, you know, coming out party for all of us. And um, I wish you guys, you know, nothing but uh, good spirits during this holiday season. And um, we'll look forward to on our next podcast where we're covering what, Kyle? The Lost Boys. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, we're opening up 2021 with Lost Boys. We're oh, CC's going to be so excited. We're doing vampire-themed January, and mm-hmm. uh, it's weird, too, because, like, I had it all spaced out, and, and, and I sent it to the, the, the Discord, and then uh, uh, Andy and Brian was like, that's hilarious that you are doing vampires in January, because we are, too. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're not doing vampires in January. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of like a, I, I want to do what, what we're doing now, but also like every couple months or so, I just want to do like a themed month. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I know, 2021 seems to be bringing a lot of exciting things. I know the network, I think the network or the YouTube's getting a new logo. Yeah, yes, the network and slashing cast in general. Yeah, and I mean we have something exciting happening. I can tell you guys off air if CC hasn't okay. told you, okay. haven't okay. announced it yet. Okay, I'm excited. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but like I said, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure you, uh, you, you, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you check out the Scream Queens, uh, our friends Jess and Cece. Uh, we can't uh, thank them enough. They were one of the first shows that fully supported us, like from the very beginning, before we were ever on the Slashing Cast Podcast Network, and we're eternally grateful for, for, for that. It's always been one of my favorite shows to listen to. Oh, thank <laughs> I, 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 I think I've told Cece about it. Like I, I remember just like, uh, cause like when I was first started listening to y'all, I, I was like, I was telling Cece, I, I was like, uh, 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 hey, here's the Slashing Cast podcast network. Uh, uh, if you don't like uh, file for it, I'm gonna like try and keep uh, campaigning for y'all to be on there. And and, uh, and then and then, and then like uh and then like literally like that next week I, I'm like uh checking out my uh 
I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw where they announced Slash and Cast announced y'all on the network and I was like, yes! Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know you were so. I, you have been like our number one supporter and like I can't do anything but thank you. Like you have just since we started and it's been great. So thank you. It's it's, it's a great show and y'all supported us so I always I always help. I always like supporting everybody that supports me and like I just love y'all show like especially like uh, like I prefer the movie reviews because you know I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights but I listen to all the HHN episodes too and I it is so insane because like I'm sitting there listening to them and I'm, I'm enjoying them even though I have no idea what any of that is yay that means I'm doing my job right that's so good to hear because I'm like nobody cares about this event <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I love it I, I can't wait to experience it and then we'll have you on for first timers review. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, happening. Uh, I was actually gonna suggest that too. I was gonna suggest that if we ever, if whenever I go to Halloween Horror Nights, that w- we should do like a live podcast together of me uh, doing my experience of Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, <laughs> I actually want to get a lapel mic like for my phone for some people yeah. next year. I have a couple people that it'll be their first year, and I want to get audio of them in the houses for the show nice. maybe. Uh, so we might have to get a mic on both of you if you come. That'd be awesome. I, I'm going to try. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure just yet because uh, as far as – unless it gets canceled right now, there's a, a Jericho cruise happening, and I, mm. I, it's already paid off. And so the, uh, I've uh, I've already got friends I'm going with, so I'm going to that right now. If it gets canceled, though, then I, 100% I'm going to Halloween Horror Nights. Well, I don't hope it gets canceled, but for my sake, I hope yeah. it gets. Yeah. <laughs> no. I feel you. I feel you. I'm 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 on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, make sure y'all everybody check out the Scream Queens uh, and all the other shows on the on the Slashcast Podcast Network. Uh, I I listen to pretty much every one of them, and uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy every, every one of them. It, it's a lot to listen to weekly, but uh, I find it easier to like, space them out. Like a uh, I'll, I'll listen to certain episodes on certain days, and that's how I, I'm able to get everything in each week. But uh, it, it's a blast to listen to. It, it, it's a lot, but it, 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 it's all it's all great stuff. But uh, yeah, check out them, and uh, as always, uh, make sure you support our uh, our editor Carmen Childers at carmenchildersavtech.com. If you don't have any AV Tech services to hire him for, just buy some merch from him. He's a wonderful dude, and he'd appreciate you uh, uh, buying some merch from him. That's all the plugs I have. Uh, what about you, JR? Oh, no. I mean, like I said, I just want to, once again, just reiterate everybody have a happy and safe holidays. And said, so, um, you know, we can, those last few, you know, pushes to keep everybody safe and healthy right now and turn the corner once everybody can, you know, get their vaccines. That way we can do things like Halloween Horror Nights and we can go on cruises and we can do all that fun stuff. So, Oh, yeah. That's just my constant message because I know a lot of times it seems like it's doom and gloom, and especially as numbers are going up. But um, we all play a small integral part in in this role of, of keeping everybody safe. And right now, because of the, I know we all want to see each other. And yesterday, for example, we ended up we did a Zoom Christmas party for our foster youth program. And typically each year we cook a giant turkey dinner for them and. Uh, we couldn't this year. We did a gift bags that we, um, you know, socially distanced, dropped off at their houses and or the dorms that they stayed in. And and we did a Zoom thing. So I just, um, you know, just everybody get through this so we can do those things and definitely support our, our Carmen, who makes me sound a whole lot better than I actually do. And our colleagues at Slashing Cast, because 
I can never say how honored it is. Um, I can never say enough how honored it is for me to be a part of Slashing Cast because I always feel like I'm just a regular guy who likes movies and to be on the same level as some of these great creator content creators is uh, is very humbling for me. So it's a uh, great to be part of it. Yep, I could have said it better myself. And uh, and Jess, uh, any last minute plugs and uh, uh, we'll let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, so if you want to follow, uh, you can follow us, the, the Scream Queens, excuse me. Um, you can listen to our show anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We're on all the platforms. Just search the Scream Queens. You'll see a little animated logo of me and my co-host, Cece. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Scream Queens 85 and on Instagram at the Scream Queens podcast. We just released on Wednesday an HHN episode actually about a house uh, that involved a bunch of different holidays. So it kind of ties into you know, the different uh, Christmas town, Halloween town and all of that. Uh, it's not nightmare, but it there's some crossovers like the Easter Bunny and stuff like that. <laughs> and next week we're doing Krampus. Oh, so doing a Krampus movie review. Very exciting. So, yeah, check us out uh, every other week. So we post every week. Every other week is an HHN review. And on the opposite weeks is a horror movie review or a TV show. So, yeah, check us out. Thanks again, Jess, for joining us. It's been an absolute blast, and uh, I can't wait to have you back on, and we can't wait to to go back on the Scream Queens. But uh, with that being said, uh, we hope everyone, as JR said, hope everyone has a, a – uh, depending on whatever you celebrate, uh, either Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or just have a good day. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, make sure you tune in uh, next week uh, as we were reviewing Lost Boys, which we're pretty excited about. And with this, we must uh, bid you adieu. Goodbye, good night, stay creepy, bang. <laughs>